Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, welcome. Life let's chat. It's hard. You want to talk? I know, that's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this How's out. How's it going? What are we doing here? Where are you going? Hey, hey there. Wow. It's not always easy. It's amazing if you think about it. Let's think this about this. Trauma bonded. Okay, T. We're back together again. Hello, hello. <laughs> First of all, sorry that we've been gone for two weeks. We were kind of we rearranged according to what this is actually happening was doing, and because Wit had a medical emergency, we took two weeks off. Basically, well. That's not true. The uh, first week of it, remember, we released the, the Todd Renenbaum episode from Bunny Hugs and Mental yeah. Health. So we encourage you to go Hi, listen to that. Hi, Todd. Great person. Wonderful guy. Wonderful interview. And then last week, we're just lazy. I mean, T oh, had to work. I mean, wow. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> Anyways, we're back and we have a special episode because the storyteller this week as you all know by now was wit himself creator and host of this is actually happening telling us his story and what's really interesting about this we would never do Wit's story on this is actually happening at this point (laughs) you'd like pre-interview him and be like we'd be like "Mm, this this happened two weeks ago yeah no call us in a year yeah. You know what though? I think he he's got the in. Right? He has an in, but we nepotism, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my show. I do whatever I want. I break all the rules. Yeah. Love you with. It's been hard to going through the pl- uh, the editing of the episode and everything and like just talking it through like what we want the episode to be. It is a bit confusing because he breaks the one of our most cardinal rules for storytellers Mm -hmm. is we want people to be some time away from their experience that they have perspective and they come away with some broader idea of what it was they really went through and all of the stuff that comes after that and what kind of talks to that in in this recording um so you guys have rules we do we do that was one of the the other it's a it's a loose rule what is, cool. This isn't some corporation where we write this stuff down. We right. This is a pretty organic process in how we build the show. But that is generally a rule. 
We would never take Wit's story. And this is actually happening. But you did. But we did. You know, maybe we could interview him. That would be cool. Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> See if I can get a hold of him. He's a busy guy. Yeah. That's a good intro. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was the intro. That was the intro. Cool. I like it. Yeah. I like that. We would never... Yeah, we would never. Like a story. That's that's nice. Welcome to Trauma Bonded. I'm Ellie Westberg here with Therese Garcia in the flesh. Hey! And today we're discussing, this is actually happening, episode 308. What if they couldn't wake me up? Ooh, mysterious. And just a quick synopsis. Creator and host of the show, this is actually happening, Dr. Whitney Misseldine, our dear old friend fell into some sort of half coma and was unresponsive for five hours. During that time, he slept like the dead, recalling nothing. But the hours and days afterward, he went through many emotions and felt lifted up and guided because of the storytellers and audience of the popular podcast. This is actually happening. This is really a love letter to the show itself. And full disclosure, I am a showrunner for This Is Actually Happening, and T knows nothing about anything. She comes in fresh, and this show, Trauma Slash Bonded, is for the listeners, a space where we can talk about each episode, digest it, and reflect on it with empathy and also a bit of levity. That's Trauma Bonded. T, what stuck out to you is the heart of what story? The heart of the story for me, I think I could distill in one word. Awakening. Mm, mm-hmm. Obviously, he woke up. We're very happy about that. But throughout his experience afterwards, he had an awakening of sorts. Can I just yeah. interject real quick? Of course. That's really magical, actually, because oh. we kind of had a lot of discussion around what we would call the episode. And you made the Hardy Story Awakening before you knew what the title was. Oh, what is the title? The title, if you recall, what I just said is what if they couldn't wake me up? Oh. Because awake, waking oh, yeah, works right. on different levels, like you're gonna explain with your one yes. word heart. So I think that's really like Kismet. Oh yeah. And like kind of confirmation that we went in the right direction with oh, the title. Good. Oh thanks. Oh that's nice. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but you're right. But when you said, yeah, what if they couldn't wake me up? We're all thinking about just the conscious, unconscious to conscious transition, yeah. right? And then what was, what was your heart in the story, Ellie? This was a difficult one for me because it really, it just, it really happened. To, like I'm in the circle in this world that he's keeps referring back to. So to me, it was more of, it was less about his story and more like listening to him tell a story. Just, I just felt so close to him because I felt like I almost lost my friend and colleague and, and we'll talk about this later, but not to trivialize it at all, but in the moment, your mind goes so many places and you're like, what's going to happen with the show? What's, what's going to happen with trauma bonded? Like, wit, he, and he talks about this in the episode, like, he means a lot to a lot of people. And he's our good friend. We've been friends with him for years. But yeah, there's also this bigger question of what do we do from here if we lose him? 
So yeah, he's the center of the experience. Yeah, but everyone else is having their own. But then, and also, literally, the center of my not my world, but a lot of systems in my world. Yeah. You know? Um, and also, you know, knowing that he what he went through and how he accessed all of these stories that he's done over the years, you know, and it being a love letter to the show. That's really what the heart of the story is about. Yeah. And I hope that was clear and that this is actually happening episode. And that's why we let him through. That's why we let him tell a story. Because oh. <laughs> he's really talking about his experience of creating and doing the show, but also the many gifts that the storytellers and the audience have given to him. Let's get into it. It is weird, I'll just say. Yeah. This story and it being wit. It's wit. It's wit. We're talking about wit. Yeah. Our friend wit. Yeah, last week or last time was Donna. We don't know Donna. Yeah. It's our friend wit. Yeah. Our friend wit. Mm hmm. So. And, and, you know, we're getting into ages when we're going to start losing people. I mean, I don't know. That's probably too. We're too young for that. But, you know, people will start experiencing maybe health scares, et cetera. And people, we have lost people. I don't, I mean, I've lost parent, like my dad, but I haven't lost, like, I haven't lost, well, we lost Kyle this year. Yeah. 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 It's happening. It is happening. This is actually happening. Fuck you guys. Okay. Um, who do you think is going to go first, me or you? I'm thinking me. Really? You're pretty healthy. Well, that's nice. I mean, genetics-wise. You're eating your apple a day. I stopped. (laughs) I did it every day in January, and then... Oh, it was just for January? Did you hate it? No, I loved it, actually. Then why'd you stop? just forget. And then I'm like, I gotta do that tomorrow, and then I forget again. Okay. But if I if I did my little circle thing, I would do it every day. But see, at least you go to the doctor. I don't go to the doctor. I can have all kinds of stuff in this. Oh, you gotta go to the doctor. I, I know. know you, I know you don't go to the dentist. Sorry to call you out. <laughs> <laughs> dentist is expensive. But I'm just saying you should go to the doctor. No, do I know. Workout. I know. Just one time. I know, but I don't want to know, guys. Trauma bonded fans. <gasps> Let's encourage Ellie to go to the doctor. Oh my gosh! About this, I know my body. If I feel Don't something, I know my body. With a doctor, okay. And this happened. Well, let's all go to the doctor. So I just, I was going to start by kind of talking about like my experiencing of finding out about all of this, like. Is that cool? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Wit was gone all of January, as he says in the episode, and um, we had very little contact because, like, where he was on the other side of the world, it's like, like, today here is tomorrow there. Like, it's so, it's so mm-hmm. weird to think about the time difference. Um, so he talks about how he fell ill that Thursday. Well, that Tuesday prior... He and I had a meeting and we just like talked about, you know, the show and everything that was happening. Um, 
fine, good, had a plan, you know, upcoming plan. And then Thursday night at about 11 o'clock, I tend to put my phone on sleep mode a lot. So I'm not bothered by it, but I'm still checking it. And I saw that I had a voicemail from Naomi, his wife. And I was like, that's weird. Like, did she butt dial me or something, you know? And so I was with my partner, Scott, and I said, hey, I got this weird voicemail. Let's listen to it. We listened to it. And it was really, really upsetting. It was, it was her calling from the hospital. At that point, he had been unresponsive for a couple hours. And she basically said, Wits in the hospital. Um, he, his vitals are all normal and fine, but he's completely unresponsive. And has been for a few hours, like, call me when you can. And then we finally talked and, you know, it was just really upsetting. And we talked about some logistics, like you feel really powerless in that moment because you, you know, what does he have? What does he do? Like, you don't know what your expectations are. You don't know how to feel about it. You don't know if it's it feels serious. You know, why isn't he responding? Why isn't he waking up? What's going on in, inside of him? And to be honest, Naomi and I did talk about the show. She's like, you know, do we have episodes ready to go if Wit stays like this for a while? And I said, yeah, we have some in the can. Like, we'll be okay. But we couldn't imagine continuing the show without wit like that just seemed weird and it was a weird thing to think about because you don't think about this thing like we're all in our 40s it's not like people are retiring and you're wondering what do you do now what do you do with this commodity what do you do with this thing that you've been making like we got to make a plan to pass it on to people or systems on to people none of that is in place none of that's been thought of or talked about because it seemed so out of God's plan that something would ever happen. So to talk about that and then to get off the phone with her and talk to Scott about it. And then I'm having my own existential crisis. <laughs> like, what does this mean? Not only losing my friend, but you know, we would lose, this is actually happening. Potentially we would lose trauma bonded. <laughs> trauma bonded only exists with this is actually happening. So it felt like everything was like up in the air and you don't know what to do and you don't know how to feel about it. I asked Naomi if she wanted me to come. I, I'm a bit of a drive from Oakland, probably could have got there an hour that time of night, but I just made sure that she had people around her and that she felt okay. And she said that she would let me know. And I went to bed about one and I I wrestled with, do I leave my phone on sleep? Cause I had to work in the, you know, there's all this stuff, mm -hmm. you know, you don't know, you don't know how to live. You don't know how to be. And I'm sure people have felt that, that precarious, like, where are we in our life mode? And I put it back on sleep, but then I, right before I went to bed, I looked at it and she called me again and I felt like oh. such an asshole. Damn. I know this bitch like sending me right to voicemail. And I called back and, oh, I'm going to get emotional. And she put Wit on the phone. Yeah. Actually, what happened was 
She left. She didn't leave a voicemail after she didn't get through to me. She texted me and she said she woke up, and it was so exciting. And I called right back, and she put Win on the phone, and that was such a cool experience because it is exactly the way he described in the episode. Like he sounded like a little boy. He was like, "Hello, hi." Like he was just so sweet and he just sounded like a little kid that just like woken up first from a sleep. And it was exactly the way he described this newness, this being born, this everything is light and love and beautiful. And he was giggly and it was just like so wonderful to hear his voice. And, you know, immediately I was like, okay, let me go. Call me when you're ready. Cause I knew a lot of people were going to be coming Oh, yeah. For him, <laughs> you yeah. know, and I got what I needed. And now I, I wanted to leave him be and let him get what he needed. And I knew that he would reach out to me when he was ready. And that I think that even that very next day, he we, we he said that we were going to talk, but he ended up just sending me a text sort of like where he was feeling. And then I don't think we actually talked finally until like the next week. And then two weeks after that he refers to Andrew, the other producer on this is actually happening. We sat with wit and helped walk him through this recording. And, and honestly, we were really just there for moral support. He kind of had it planned out how it was going to be, but we got to sit there and be with him and let him know kind of what he needed and everything. And then I didn't see him in person until this past Friday, February oh, or yeah, Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there was a, cool. this is actually happening meetup in Oakland. And when I hugged him, it was, it's like, you know, you could have lost someone and you'll never hug their body or feel them hug you back again. <laughs> you get to feel that again. And it's so precious and and fleeting all at once. And we kind of make fun of people that hug a long time, Mm -hmm. but I hugged Wit for a really long time to the point where I thought, this is too long. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want T to judge me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, it was like a full circle moment in that way. And then to get to, help him make this episode and put it out in the world. And now to get to talk about it from the trauma bonded perspective, it's, it's been a lot. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So I thought T mm-hmm. we, unless did you want to say anything about that? Cause you got to see him Friday night too. Yeah. I, I was, I got to see him too. And I had told you kind of what he had gone through. What was that like for you to see him again? It's interesting because I was wondering if he'd be like different now, mm. you know, after an experience like that. And I was really happy to see him and I wanted to give him a big hug too because that is really scary. Yeah. And really, I had so much fun with him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we had such a great night. It was such a great night and like, we were laughing a lot. Yeah. I feel like I was checking him a lot. You like felt like you were observing him a lot? A little bit. Just to see if he seemed different? I don't know. I don't know. There was a lot. Like, I, I don't know. I was concerned. 
Sure. And as he talks about in the episode, you know, he may be changing in ways he doesn't even know yet. But it's just a great time to laugh with him and, like, be living together, you know? Totally. Because it was, that was scary. Yeah. It's so rare to get to be with someone. Because essentially, it's not, he his body didn't go through a trauma. So it wasn't like he survived something. I mean, his body probably did go through a trauma. He talks about, you know, how he coughed up blood and everything. And that's almost from the intubation itself, not even like actual mm-hmm. the actual sickness. But like his body didn't, it's not like we pulled him out of a house fire and like, or, yeah. and now he's going to be in rehab for two years and you don't get to see him again. Like this really immediate, like he's back. Right. It's so it's so rare to feel like you lose someone and then you have them back exactly, nearly exactly the way they were. But it's not a physical, it doesn't feel like a physical healing, right? It yeah. might be some kind of mental, emotional healing, but it, yeah. it's not something you can see, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, and you talked about how he, things are like a slightly askew with different relationships in his life. And I know that's going to keep showing up in different ways, but to just like be with him and party, like just to have pizza and beer and yeah. chill out. And laugh. Make fun of each other. Make fun, yeah, like, just, which is my favorite. And reminisce. Yeah, reminiscing was great. We reminisced about like how we all met. How we met and our camping trip. How he how we forgot really... how we actually met. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It was nice. Um, let's talk about let's make this show not about us. Oh well, I mean it is our show. But But this is what he's talking about in his episode. This shit that everyone we're else about. is yeah. having an experience around his like, experience. But it happened to me. It's that I mean, it actually happened to me. Yeah, but it did happen to us too. But he also acknowledges that. Yeah, let's talk about the being born, this love state that he talked about. He talks about having an uncanny feeling, like who am I? Everyone else is looking at me as if they know me, which yeah. they do. But who am I? Who am I? Do I know me? Yeah. But even in that confusion, he felt pure love. He felt he knew that death doesn't matter, which is such a powerful statement. And he says this is the first time a story teller popped into his mind, Mm -hmm. like looking back on this. And he talked about Amanda who got lost in Hawaii. You know, if you remember the episode, and we'll try to put the episodes that he refers to, we'll try to link to in the show notes. Let me tell you this, you guys. If you want to know the episode specifically that he's referring to, I've already done the work on this is actually happening side. It'll be in this is actually happening show notes. So you can go back and look in that. And if you want to take a pilgrimage down the episodes that he referred to, you can do that. Just go to the show notes there. But Amanda was lost in Hawaii. And you're lost and then you get found and you have this euphoric feeling of being rescued. But then you have to deal with all of the fallout that came from that. And you're having a completely different experience than everyone else around you. And people were really pissed at her. She got dragged in the media because it was more like, why this stupid girl get lost? What was she doing hiking in this jungle in Hawaii without XYZ? And 
you know, once the elation of rescue is over, now it's like, you know, we're in a 24 hours news cycle. So we're going to dissect how this all happened and how we got here. And so people were like, she wasted resources. And so now she can't even like live in the joy of being rescued. She's being dragged to death in the media, you know? So I get what he was talking about. Like he's got this disconnect because he's just happy to be there, but everyone with him had been like tripping for the last five hours. Like what the fuck? He's got his brother flying from fucking France. France. That can't be a cheap flight. (laughs) It's definitely not short. You know, he's got his parents coming from Pennsylvania, like his sister, his nephews, like, his whole community was in turmoil. Yeah. And we find out more in the middle of the episode that what Naomi said when he woke up, like you're in the hospital. Yeah. You okay? I don't know what the quotes are, but, um, and I just loved that. It was simple. It was loving. It was supportive. But what he reveals later in the episode is like, he was in that fifth hour and they say, we really get scared at the six hours. So what I'm imagining is Naomi is just so checking the watch scared at that point. And he wakes up and I can just feel her just like, yeah. And just like not show him her fear at that moment. And, and just like make sure that he feels safe. Yeah. That's such a difficult task to put all these emotions come flooding out. But you've got this person in front of you that's just a puddle of nothing that doesn't know what the hell's going on. I thought you were going to die. Your eyes open and you're like, ah! (laughs) Like, you don't know. know? (laughs) Like the worst surprise party ever. Who is everyone? And why are you so emotional? You're going to die. You're in a big danger. You don't want to wake up. Yeah. Someone's saying that. So yeah. shout out to Naomi. Shout out to Naomi. Just like calm. Whoo, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know everyone in that room up to the moment he opened his eyes. Just pure was, hell. Yeah. Yeah, your brain like goes a billion different directions. And it, yeah, it's just the absolute place of completely helpless and unknowing. To be helpless is like the worst feeling. T, was that two days ago now? She rolled. Oh. She, she rolled down the her front yard because rolled she, down my front yard. She I rolled, she rolled her ankle. ankle and then rise around in her yard, and right away. And I heard her go down. She was behind me, and I heard her go down on the hard stone. And I was like, T, <laughs> and she's right away. She's like, I sprained my ankle. Don't, don't talk to me. I need two minutes. Don't talk to me. But I was like, but. Then she goes, sh- should do I you get- need ice? Should I get Gwen? What about the yeah. kids? Do you She's think? like, a minute. Don't talk to me. Two minutes. So I'm just standing there like a freaking sprinkler in her yard, just turning to and fro. She's not even, you're not, weren't even screaming. You're just like, ah, like just writhing around in the grass. Out in people the are open. driving by, and I'm just people like, walking their dogs. Yeah, and I'm. They're like, why isn't she helping? And I'm, I'm trusting my friend and standing there and going, okay, 
I, she told me to wait two minutes. I got to just stand here and wait. And not, I can't talk. I can't go get help. I can't. Um, this I mean, that'd is, be so weird if you just left, you know? Yeah, what, and I, so I'm just doing what I'm told for two minutes. No, you asked me all the questions Dude, in all well, the world. Well, you try standing there help, helpless. But anyway, long story short, yeah. that feeling of helplessness is just just an awful feeling. Right. Um, and then I thought it was interesting that he right away went, where is Diver, right? He gave him his name, but he's anonymous for the show. But So we're going to call him Diver. That's yeah. what episode 306 that all of you had different reactions to. And um, <laughs> as did we. I, I just I, I just want to talk a little bit about this real quick. And this, this isn't just Diver. This is what Wit does in this work. You know, it's it's very easy for for T and I to come on Trauma Bonded, and sometimes we come for storytellers if we think they deserve mm-hmm. it for decisions they made or whatever. You know, what Wit does is so difficult. I think people forget how much time and energy he spends with our storytellers. I do a very brief pre-interview process with them. Sometimes it goes long. Sometimes it goes deep. We speak longer than intended because we're just, we're in the throes of it. And I leave those conversations like wiped out, like emotionally drained. And that's just a tiny bit of the show. What he does, he sits with these people, sometimes in the interview process for five hours, hearing mostly complete strangers pouring out the most horrible things mm. in their lives and he's sitting with there with them and if you're a storyteller you know that wit is such an amazing support like he he not only is recording you and asking you questions he's sitting there with you and and asking you to lean on him mm. he's a support like he's doing so much wonderful heavy lifting and 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 he's happy to do it it's got him this career that he loves and it's a privilege i'm not saying it's not a privilege to do it but it takes a toll on you because not only that like after you sit in the interview then he goes and he edits so he's hearing it again sometimes Mm -hmm. 10 hours of it so he really does take on so much trauma from other people to make this show happen and to make an episode happen. And, and he did it for by himself for years. Oh yeah. For like nine years. Right. And then only because he always had like a nice little, little following or started to build a nice little following, but only because thank you to um, my favorite murder, like getting mentioned, that's when like Wondery came and, all the stuff and he was able to bring me on to help him and now and now he has a team of people that help him but he still does so much like he still is the main edit he still does the final edit he still does the interviews and honestly because of this experience that might all start to change a little bit like not asking him to take on so much but he loves it he loves hearing people's stories and being there for them and getting to like let them tell their stories is such a beautiful gift. Like there's this reciprocity that happens that we 
get to air their story and they get the gift of their story being told in this nice, concise, like linear narrative of an hour, you know, with a little bow on top. But it didn't shock me that he saw all of these stories in his recovery and that all of these experiences culminated in this roadmap for him that he refers to golden roadmap of not only what he's going, he's about to go through, but how he's going to get through it. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. He surrounds himself with all of these storytellers who have their stories of trauma, how they dealt with it. Yeah. I mean, there's three over 300. Yeah. Of them. And every in his, one of them are a part yeah. of him. Truly. Love how you said a love letter to the storytellers, because you say he listens to them, he empathizes with them, he's there to support, you know? But then it's as if they all were there for him as he was yeah. going through this experience. And they really helped him. Yeah. It's pretty profound. It's very profound. It's so That's meta, so, It's right? very meta. Oh, All of this so is so meta. It's very meta. It's blowing my mind a lot. Um, <laughs> Who am I? Where are we? When you were saying you had talked to him on the phone. Yeah. And hearing the episode and hearing from what he sounded like, it, it, it give, gives it a whole vision. Yeah, that he was like this newborn giggly yeah, sweet baby. And then that. he finally got back to wit mode. Yeah. <laughs> Um, He talks about being in this epiphany state and his brain is on fire Mm -hmm. and all the feelings and knowings and needing to write it down. It sounds amazing. And I assume it is likened to maybe a manic state when you're just feeling everything really deeply, but it's painful. It's, it's it, it starts to become exhausting, and that's why the crash oh. is so hard on the other side. You're right. Yeah. It sounds awesome, though. I know. Let's put that in the pill. With no crash. Yeah. But it is hard. I mean, we're talking about reciprocity. That is life. That is the world. That is... You can't experience justice without experiencing injustice. You can't have the sun without the rain. You can't have... What did we talk about recently? We were talking a lot about reciprocity. What episode was that? Fucking, that was Diver, man. He was talking about that. Like, you have to go through this hard shit to know the good shit. It's all part of it. It's not, it is this is actually happening because it's not, the hard stuff isn't as ordinary or we get, we can get used to what we perceive as hard stuff like, Am I going to be able to pay my rent this month? Like, I got this project due at work. The kids are sick. Like, these little things that are tough, but they're not huge. We just consider them part of life, but it's like the big stuff that it's unexpected. We didn't know it was coming. It's not our day to day. And we all go through them, at least one of them, something hard, right? Yeah, all the time. All the time. (laughs) Or not all the time, but so. That's why the, this is actually happening element that he talks about, like that whole, like, it feels like something in a movie, like you, cause you could yeah. never have planned or expected to end up 
in a position like that. There's so many moments when he talks about there's like a duality throughout, like, um, like he felt so confused, but it was also familiar. Mm. He felt all this ecstatic love, right? But then with that is grief, life, death. Where are you? You know, what's going on there? There's so many times I just, I had, I had starred so many. It's like feeling isolation, but then also a togetherness. Yeah. And or community and community. aloneness. Yeah, all of that. Which just seems like opposing forces. Mm-hmm. But it's reciprocity, but we call it contradiction. Exactly. And then but I think it's, it's yin and yang. Yeah. yeah really? Yeah. Because they're saying too, like maybe something happens after the other too. And the thing is, it feels like the way he was talking about things, they can exist at the same time. Yeah. Which I thought was a beautiful thing. But it also makes it heavy. It's hard to digest for people that don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I felt the whole thing. I was like, I I hear you. Yeah. Let's talk about um, him going into this fear state. Like, and he, he, he had trouble sleeping mm-hmm. a lot because he thought, if I go to sleep, will I ever wake up again? He likens it to, like, Freddy in your dreams and Nightmare oh, yeah. on Elm Street. Like, if I fall asleep, Freddy can get me in my dreams, which is a silly analogy, but that's, again, our generation, any anyone that's, that's on this earth now <laughs> puts their life through the filter of media. Like we can't help it. We know stories because we hear stories all the time that aren't our own. So of course, if you're afraid to sleep, any child of the eighties is gonna think looks like oh, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Totally. Freddie's gonna get you. And this made him reminisce about when he went through the brain fuge. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep. When he was having yep. panic attacks and everything. And that, I remember those years when that happened and that fucked me up a lot about my perception of wit because up until he started experiencing those, I thought of wit as this like unflappable, unmovable, let's talk it out. Let's figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like just solution oriented, just like I could be an emotional sack of crap in front of him. And he just was like, cool, calm, and collected. Like, let's talk it out. It's fine. You know? To the point where it was like, shut up, wit. (laughs) (laughs) You guys want to talk about everything and figure it out? (laughs) Quit making me talk about everything. You know, like that. And so when he went through his own shit, I think all of his friends were like, oh, whoa, this is a new version of wit that we're not used to. But it turns out he is human. Oh, yeah. You know? Who knew? And him referring to that was like, oh, yeah, like, I kind of forgot that he went through all that stuff for a long time. Yeah. And we called it the brain fuse. The brain fuse. Yeah. Well, I feel like your brain is so fragile. That's about it. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. When he was like, people ask him what he thinks the scariest episodes of this is actually happening are. It's not getting mauled by a bear, which is probably mine. Oh, really? Is it? I do not want to be mauled by an animal. I no. do also do not want to be mauled by an animal. Maybe part of it is because, like, what is the likelihood of that happening? Yeah. Because the likelihood of a brain fuse, I feel, is more likely. Yeah, like I'm teetering on it all the time. Yeah, like yeah. it could happen to any of us. Yeah. 
I feel like. And, and with the brain or with the bear mall, I mean, not so much. Or the shark attack. Well, when people you love make you go places like Yosemite, then it feels like it's more possible. Maybe you can get like a bear spray. Oh, I'm getting all the bear spray. Bear spray. Okay, good. Yeah, camp. <laughs> We're not camping. We're just, we're staying in the hotel, but still. Oh, thank God. But that was really interesting. Like, is that, are, so, okay, what's your scariest? That scares me too. The brain stuff, the, the mind stuff. stuff. Because I felt, being when a, the airport one, yeah. like that hit me hard because I felt that way before. Like having a psychotic break. Yeah. And then you don't know if you're ever going to come back from something like that. I mean, again, mine was fueled by drugs hallucinogenics right yeah but there was a point when i forgot that i had taken it and that was the scaredest i've ever been in my entire life so Jeez. i didn't think i could come back and it takes a long time it did for like six to nine it's six to nine hours you know and i went through a whole thing and if you don't come back from that you're just a crazy person not to be just simplifying like that but i i, I would not have been able to function to fall out of control of your mind, obviously, is a big yeah. fear. And that's a real concern. People get Alzheimer's and dementia as they age. It can happen early. Do you ever do that thing where you're, like, holding something in your hands oh. and you need to throw it in the trash, but you go and put it in the fridge or something oh, yeah. like that? And in the moment, you're like, what? It's starting. <laughs> this is how it starts. No, that happened to me yesterday, talking to you. I was like, oh, it's really hard to clean the fan because you need a mirror. And I was like, what'd I say? <laughs> <laughs> what'd I just say? You like mirror? I'm like ladder. But I was like, yeah, I know what you meant. I know, but that's weird. I feel like I'm interpreting to, people's bad brains to, all the time. Yeah. You have to deal she with it. She meant this. ladder. I got it. Like, that's nice of you. Other people are like, what are you talking about, mirror? <laughs> Which you point out to me all the time when I'm asleep. Of course, yeah. I have to. Yeah, you must. Yeah. Got to keep my ego in check. Yeah, yeah, because you know everything. And done everything. But his big point in the section was he had to let go of the why. Yes, which he learned from the storytellers. Right. Over and over and mm -hmm. over and over again. Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen, period? We are constantly trying to make sense of things that go wrong in our lives. And we want to know the why. And why do we want to know the why? That's what it's all about. I think that we want to know the why so that we can pr potentially prevent it from happening again. Right? Yes. If, there's, if I know the totally. reason why, I can stop it from happening again. Oh, this happens when I eat fried chicken sandwiches. Right. Can I accept living with that, yes, I can, because it's delicious, but at least I know why. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to brain stuff, there isn't a reason all the time. Or maybe there is, but we just don't know it. We don't know it. Or doctors tell you they know it, and they don't know it. But and that Because they're just trying to sign off and yeah, get you out the door. Yeah, solve it. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting how we brought back Harv. You know, this aloneness mm. in the ocean or like thinking, you know, a place or, you know, a system like he like Harv thought he knew the ocean. And then all of a sudden he felt like the ocean wasn't what he knew. And it, it kind of like almost turned on him. It made me think of Ray. 
Oh, go on. Is that his name, Ray? I don't know. Tell me more. The angel who came and <laughs> saved Oh, Harv. the angel. Yeah. In Harv's. Yeah. yeah. Because as, as Wit was talking, it just made me think. He's a real like, person, y'all. He wasn't an angel. Go on. Well, an, I was saying an angel. <laughs> in quotes. A rescuer that we deemed it's angel. Like a descriptor. That was more mocking. Saying. Yeah. <laughs> an actual person. Yeah. I just got to thinking, like, who is this angel for Wit? who might stay from a thing mm. and it doesn't have to be a who or what it could be a mm-hmm. an idea it's the storytellers it's the storytellers and the audience and the audience and he gets to the audience he does yeah. talk about the audience because sometimes we're hard on the audience and he even says we ask a lot of the audience we when we make the show you turn it on and you start listening and you might glean a little bit from the title, but you don't know what the fuck you're in for. I don't know what the hell's gonna happen. And we're asking you to just sit and listen and be there and in the ruin moment. my day sometimes. <laughs> you got me thinking about. It. I'm just thinking about it. it. Sometimes randomly crying. Yeah. Like oh oh, but I'm at work. I need to be working and not yeah. thinking about this. Yeah. Now I'm looking at my life a different way. I'm looking or you're at my judging. children a different well, way. Well, that was a stupid decision they made. Oh, yeah. Why'd I mean, they do that? Thing, that yeah. was stupid. Yeah. But we always do that when we watch horror movies, right? Right. Stop running and falling. Yeah. Don't Stop falling. Why do you keep tripping? Why'd you run up the, front, the stairs? Yeah. yeah. Quit tripping. You know when you have sex, that's when you die. You're the next character Yes, to die. quit Everyone having sex in the woods. Um, I loved how when he was in his hospital room, and I hope I, I hope they this was left in the main edit. Sorry, guys. He totally loses this his cynicism about the planned obsolescence of capitalism. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That was the smartest sentence I've ever said. Sorry, I fell asleep. Say it one more time in different words. He was looking around the room being like, these blinds. Oh, okay. I'm with you now. These blinds were were made. Someone made these so the light wouldn't get in my eyes. Someone cleaned the floor so it wouldn't be dirty. Or someone made these sheets so I'd be warm or the blankets are warm or whatever it is. Um, Like all these things were made by these passionate, caring people, right? And as he's telling us when he was recording that, I was like, it's like I love how you just totally did have you had no cynicism about the planned obsolescence of capitalism. Like they made these things to make money off of you. But his point is still true. The originator, the inventor, the the person that came up with it, most likely it was coming from a good place. And then, you know, corporations take it over and just like mass market it and send it to China. It doesn't work that well. Yeah. But the original he had reason, so much why, gratitude yeah. for the heart of the person that invented blinds, and I think it's beautiful. I thought it was beautiful as well. Do you want to talk about Frank from a Zen hospice? That story? Yeah, you can. And I don't think I've heard this episode to be quite I have not. Honest. But you know, Frank Ostinecki from Zen Hospice in that in that um episode he sat with thousands of people and watched them die and or transition sorry and what he's taken from that experience is at the end of your life you should be able to 
you should think of it in terms of, am I loved? And did I love well? And that's what it boils down to. It isn't about the planned obsolescence of capitalism at all. I mean, that sucks. And it's hurt a lot of people. But am I loved and did I love well? And you guys wouldn't, I think... I think that's such a wonderful way to face the day, face circumstances. You might not know how to solve something in your life, but if you can boil it down to those two things, it's something. That's what really matters. He talks about his body as a sack of meat and a tart. Sack of meat? (laughs) It's like you're making me hungry here, Wick. Um... That's weird. Truth, though. That is weird. And it's weird to be told, like, you were totally unresponsive, and we were yelling in your face, and like, wah, get up! And you're just like, you know people are telling you physically you were put in a thing and put on a gurney. Do they usually use a tarp? I guess because it was raining. Because it was raining. What a scene. That's a crazy scene. And that's, I think, when he was, like, real versus movie, or, or, like, watching it happen. Mm. As opposed to experiencing it. Which is all he's got is people telling him, like, setting the scene for him. So, yeah, he's picturing it like, wow, that was me. But it wasn't me. It was just my body. But I was there. It was me. But I didn't know it was happening. Yeah. What about this idea to be seen as porcelain and everyone wants to be with you? Ironically, porcelain is fragile. But everyone wanted to play with it, which is why porcelain breaks. And I, I'll toot my own horn right here because I did see what is porcelain, but I said, you know what? Call me when you're ready. And I bowed out because I knew everyone was going to come oh, for I'm him. Oh, sure. Yeah. Everyone wanted time with him. Everyone wanted to be in his face. But I was for like, sure. yeah. just, you'll just time. talk to me when you're ready. Yeah. So toot toot. <laughs> It's good. Because you want it. I'm sure you want to be like, Wait, how are you? I want to come. I want to hug. I want oh, to talk. yeah. Oh, yeah. See, you know. Yeah. Why is it you calling That's me? The, Why is yeah. it calling me? Yeah. <laughs> That's the toot. The toot's right there. Toot, toot. You want it to, and you're like, I'm going to step back. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes you got you just have to trust your friends. They know yeah. what they need. T said, Ellie, can you not talk to me for two minutes? And I didn't really do that very well. But <laughs> I did it for like 25 seconds in a row it at least. Like- because I was like, I am going to trust. It almost felt immediate as soon as I said, can you not talk to me for two minutes? Do you want ice? Do you need Glenn? Should you get the kids? So what about Jackie? Should I call like, the ambulance? I was like, why would the dog be here? I don't know. <laughs> can I call the ambulance? No, definitely not. But sometimes you have to trust your friend when they're telling you this is what they need. And even though you want to like wrap mm-hmm. them up and, and give them whatever you you think they need, if someone's telling you this is what I need, gotta believe them. Believe them. Trust yeah. them. Yes. Trust the relationship. Trust your friend. Yes. Why sourdough bread and butter? Do you? Oh think? my gosh! I was. I don't know. I mean, it is good. Again, I mean, hungry. I love sourdough bread I and had, butter. Your wife made me some for breakfast. It was you know amazing. what it made me think of? What? Scott. Like oh, and his Cheerios. And his Cheerios. Like I need to bring this with me to dinner. Yeah. Like, I just thought like Wit is going to like eat Mexican food with his parents and he's like just a big loaf <laughs> and so like just need to coat my stomach first yeah. sorry <laughs> I don't know I don't know either I don't know why just yeah yeah uh T's referring my partner Scott he has Cheerios before and after meal he thinks of it as like a primer and a 
flannel coat for his meal. It just makes him feel better. Physically, I mean, it's good for his stomach. It makes his stomach Yeah. Feel right? So that's great. And, on, and to, Trust. Be, to be quite honest, if I'm ever like, oh, I don't feel, I feel a little unsettled. He's like, have some Cheerios. I'm like, okay. And it does it help does. every time. Yeah. I think I, there's two things still I want to talk about. That he refer, refers to stories of people that have accepted their deaths and then they have a calm and a peace and then they're rescued and brought back. And now the trauma of like kind of almost getting rescued happens. And again, you can find those stories in the show notes. This is actually happening. So the trauma is coming back, which is just crazy because of the way, you know, the way a movie ends is oh, yeah. rescue, hugs, tears, credits. You don't see the aftermath of what they deal with once all of that elation of rescue has happened. And then he talks about this a lot. So it's his story and he's dealing with everyone putting their interpretations on him, their shit on him, telling him that he's got spiritual. What What was that? Someone said I, he's got like demons in his yeah, house. And this is like, the way it's definitely deal not it. that. It's definitely not that. But just we have such a hard time with just going... That happened. That happened. That's crazy. Whoa, that's insane. Why can't we just say that and go and just go, okay, let's go have pizza? That was crazy. I feel like I can do that. I do too, but I mean not people really. are constantly wanting to understand the yeah. world and that's totally normal and natural. I but, mean that was my initial what you know, when you told me about it, I was like, What happened? Yeah. What like in my I wasn't asking you, in my brain I was just like all these explanations instead of like I'm glad he lived. Uh, well, of course, that was the first thing. Is <laughs> and like, that was so crazy. Bad, Here's my number. Call me maybe. Yeah. But everyone was always like trying to think, because like you said, we want to know the why so we can prevent it from happening again. Or we want to know the why so it doesn't happen to us. Or if, for, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, really? That happens when you eat that many peas? Yeah. Like, I'm definitely not. You know? Uh, I've had enough peas. Thank yeah. you. I know what happens. But I know what happens when I eat sourdough. Hell yeah. yeah. doing that. Feeling it right now. Do you have anything else, T? I mean, a lot. There's a lot that kind of brought it all together about how you, to live your life. Think about, you know, a lot of, you know, when you're, when something happens to someone, something, they make a mistake, you know, something. A lot of times we're very quick to judge. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, again, like we're saying, there must be an explanation something, or whatever. Or like, why this happened? They made some sort of mistake. They, you know, whatever. Right. Certainly they've done something to bring this they, upon they've themselves. They've certainly done something. And it's usually wrong. Yeah. You know. And I Grace. Think, that's what he's talking about. Exactly. When I get like mad at a stranger or like some, whatever is going on. Yeah. It, it it's these people who are able to be like, okay, there's something going on. Like they must be having, even they must be having a bad day. Just having like empathy for something unknown, mm. I think is really a great way to be. Oh, that's good. Empathy you know? for the unknown. Yeah. It's... Give people grace. Give yourself grace. I love that too. And I think it is easier for us to have empathy and grace for people that we know and say yes. that we love. I think it's more difficult for people that we don't know or we perceive as other or we perceive mm-hmm. as different or 
we put in a box, like we call them, hey, boomer, whatever, like we have a way or MAGA, whatever, you know, we, we have these boxes that we put people in and we don't think we could ever find common ground and we don't give them any grace or empathy. We just write them off. Yeah. And we need to do, we need to do more grace and empathy work everywhere all the time with strangers all the time. Yeah. And I think I'm going to take that away from this. Yeah, me too. We'll see how long it lasts. First off, I want to take away that I think you, me, and Whit need to go to the Cheesecake Factory as soon as possible. Ooh, yes. Um, another takeaway, definitely Grace, and then um, Am I Loved and Did I Love Well. Did I, I think Love Well. I think, think about that at the end of my day. Me too. We love you, Whit. We love you, Whit. This was very food-centric, surprisingly. It was my fault. <laughs> I think I'm hungry. <laughs> I haven't eaten this morning, so. I have, baby. Um, Thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Trauma Bonded. You can find our show where podcasts are kept. If you like us, please rate and review us on Apple or other places. Don't let the task overwhelm you. And we want to say we're seeing your your reviews show up. Oh, thank you to let me check. No, that we don't have time. Okay, just okay, you do it. You but we've seen your we've seen you say like it, love it, once more of it. We've seen you say, Ellie T, we hate the ads. We hate the ads too. But you give us five stars and you say, we hate the ads. And yes, that's gold. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, Ski77. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Look at, we're up to 3.5 in Apple. Oh my God. That was so low for so long. And thanks to Wit, our benefactor, for sharing Wit. their story and give us this, giving us the opportunity to talk about it. And thanks to this is actually happening team, including Wit. Oh, yeah. And Andrew Waits and the maker of our music and website, Nathaniel Tromboli. And thanks to Bella for editing this episode and Katie Capel for building those blasting Instagram posts. Love you, Katie. You can contact us at traumabotapod at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at traumabotapodofficial or visit our website at traumabotapod.com. We are traumabonded to the story, to the story, to to everybody. We're bonded to everybody. (laughs) To the story, to the storyteller, to Whitney, Dr. Whitney Whistledine, to the listeners and to each other. Thanks for spending time with us today.